Welcome to the One Love, One Faith podcast, where we use the love of Christ and faith in his word to navigate Christian living in the 21st century. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms at One Love underscore One Faith. Hey out there, it's Camille from the One Love, One Faith podcast. Hi guys, welcome to another week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. Que lo que mi gente. Bienvenidos a todos. Gracias por escuchar. Before we get into today's devotional, I have a couple of birthday shout outs. So in the month of October, we had my mom's birthday. So happy birthday, mommy. And we also had my dear friend Reina's birthday. And I know she listens. So happy birthday, Reina. Happy birthday to you both from both Arinthia and I. So let's get started. Today, we're going to have another Hebrew lesson, okay? The word is mime. M-A-Y-I-M. Hebrew for water. And it can refer to any type of water in any of its presentations and forms. The ocean, the sea, a well, rivers, a flood, etc. It was one of the first words to appear in the Bible. In Genesis, God separated the mime from the mime. This is when God created the firmament. Fun fact, before we knew the science of clouds and pressure systems and rain, the Hebrew in ancient times believed that there was water above us and water beneath us. They saw water come from the sky and thus believed water was above. They saw water springing up from rivers and the sea, and so they understood that we lived in the space between the two mine. And actually, the word for the sky is closely related to the word for water. It's shamaim, meaning sky, the place above the earth and the place higher than the sky that was so high it was inaccessible. So we now know what the Hebrew word mime means. There's also a pattern that can be seen with the word mime. Whenever mime comes together, where it meets and then separates, something new and beautiful begins. God made the earth and us from the separation of mime from mime. A woman's womb and the birth of a child is described as mime separating from mime as well, also bringing forth something new, new life, a baby. And Hebrews also had a ritual they called mikveh, where like a baptism, you'd go under the mime, the water, and emerge new and fresh spiritually. Even the parting of the Red Sea, that's what happened there too. The water separated. God separated mime from mime. The enemy was destroyed and the Hebrews forged into their new beginning. However, mime could also have a scary meaning to Hebrews as well. Believing that the sky and earth were water, both pieces of mime and shamaim could come down and rise up to crush the space between. And they also grew up hearing of the great flood that wiped out the earth and thus knew it was possible since it had happened before. God brought down the upper mime to meet the lower mime and then opened it back up. So they knew that water was also 
massive and destructive and chaotic. So water was often also synonymous for them with chaos. And that brings us to another Hebrew lesson where we see that the connection between water and chaos is actually embedded into the Hebrew language. For one of the letters that is used to spell mime is the 13th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, mem. Mem can also signify the number 40. It means different things depending on its use. It can mean water, liquid, massive, womb, or chaos. And mime is built from this letter. And now we've really come full circle with understanding the word mime and its components and from where it derives its meaning. We see chaos embedded into the Hebrew word for water. So why have we just gone through a crash course in the Hebrew word for and understanding of water? I'm glad you asked. Water has a lot of symbolism in the Bible. It cleanses, it purifies, and God offers us living water. Well, in light of our new Hebrew word, I'd also like to offer up the symbolism of chaos as well. So let's rewrite a Bible story involving water into the Hebrew language. In Matthew 14, in Mark 6, and in John 6, the story is told of how Jesus, after feeding the 5,000, walked across the Sea of Galilee. We'll use Matthew's version of the story because he provides a bit more detail and tells of how Peter asked to join Jesus walking on the water as well. Using our new Hebrew word in this story creates a new and beautiful imagery. The miracle in this story is Jesus walking on the water, right? Very clearly, yes. But the other part of the miracle was that the water was raging. Matthew says that the boat was a considerable distance from the land, that the waves were rocking against the boat, and that the wind was against the boat as well. So, Jesus had just finished praying on the mountainside, and then for a brief moment, he must have forgotten his humanity, right? No, no, no. I'm sure it was intentional for the benefit of the disciples, but he saw the disciples out on the lake and said, well, I'll join them. And unlike us, he didn't see the body of water in between him and the boat as an imposition. He also didn't see the storm or strong wind as a problem. But that is the beauty I see in this story if we rewrite it into Hebrew. Because as Jesus steps out to walk on the waves, he's walking on water. What's the Hebrew word for water? Yep, mime. Jesus walked on mime. And what does the root of mime mean? Yep, chaos. So Jesus walked out onto the chaos. Is there any chaos in your life that you want Jesus to walk on? Peter's request to join the master is especially beautiful here because as you read the story, you will see that it wasn't until Peter and Jesus got back into the boat that the Bible says the wind died down. And that means that Jesus was walking across the water 
in a storm, and that when Peter joined him, the wind and waves were still raging. Now, there's a story a few chapters before this story in Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus lies in the boat peacefully sleeping while the disciples are scared out of their minds about a similar storm. And when they wake Jesus, he calms the storm. But the difference here, a few chapters later, is that Jesus did not immediately calm the storm. When Jesus spoke to the storm in Matthew chapter 8, he showed us that the chaos obeys him, that the chaos, the wind, and the waves answer to him. But with a single word, he can create peace. But here, in Matthew chapter 14, by walking on the chaos, Jesus displays his strength. His indifference to the wind and waves shows us that he is stronger than the chaos, that it can't touch him, that it can't break him, that he can be out in the midst of it, walking on top of chaos. One Love Nation, I don't know what the chaos is in your life, but let Jesus walk over it. He can handle your chaos. And if you invite Jesus to walk over your chaos, he'll give you the same power so that it can't touch you and can't break you either. In the midst of the storm, Peter and Jesus were walking together. It didn't stop the wind from raging. It didn't stop the waves. But over the chaos, they walked, walking on the mime. And like he said to Peter, he says the same to you. Come, keep your eyes on me. And in the midst of your chaos, out in the middle of the lake, raging storm and all, it will just be you and Jesus locked in eye to eye. Can you see it? Walking through your chaos because the chaos doesn't phase Jesus. Walking through because your God is stronger than the chaos. Walking through because when God doesn't quiet the chaos, he's still there walking with you. The chaos doesn't matter when it's just you and the master. Let Jesus walk over your chaos. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for our Hebrew lesson today. And thank you for being a God in control. We praise you for having command over the chaos. It's our prayer, Lord, that we will invite you into the midst of our chaos, no matter the storms raging around us, because we know that you are stronger. We pray that we'll keep our eyes fixed on you, that we turn our eyes upon Jesus, controller of the sea, walker over chaos. We love you, Lord. Amen. One Love Nation, we thank you once again for joining us for episode 152. Thanks for being with us on this journey. This week, remember that Jesus is in control of your chaos and that when he doesn't quiet the chaos, he'll be right there walking through it with you. He's calling you to get on top of the chaos with him. You know where we'll be. Same time, same place next week. We love you. Te amamos. Gracias por escuchar. 
Peace. Hey, One Love Nation. Thanks for listening to the One Love, One Faith podcast. We love our listeners and we hope you will join us again next week. Please share the One Love, One Faith podcast and always remember that each day is an opportunity to show his love and grow your faith.